<clears throat> Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece with co-host Samantha Tradelius today. Samantha, how are you? I'm doing really well. It's nice to be back online. We were in person our last session, so this is uh, we're getting back to our roots here. I know it was, uh, but it, it's a it's a different vibe when I sit three feet across the table from you. Indeed. Indeed yeah. it is. Today's yeah. going to be fun. I have a feeling we are going to get into some very good topics. Well, if anybody can make uh, family law fun, it is this group of three women. Um, <laughs> I've dealt a little in family law as the client, of course, as you know, as I went through my own personal divorce. And um, it's a the, 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 whole, the whole setup is fascinating. So I, I can't wait to hear all about this. We have today with us Amber Guyman, who is attorney and owner of Guyman Law in Arizona, um, award-winning attorney, I should say. Amber, you have done some amazing things in, in your lifetime already as an attorney, and you're not pale, male, and stale. So uh, it's actually fantastic to have you here. Thank you. So nice to be here. I appreciate it. So you, um, you first of all, finished law school while you had two children, graduated when they were seven and three. So I'll do the math on that. You started when they were like four and zero um, yeah. and then decided in 2010, you know, what would be a fantastic idea is to open my own law firm and um, be a she boss uh, like none other. So first of all, like kudos to you. Secondly, where do you get the balls to do it? Well, that's funny you ask that because uh, life kind of forces you to do things sometimes. So, um, you know, I had always been interested in practicing law. I grew up with it, very familiar with it, worked in the courts, family that are attorneys. So it just felt kind of natural. But the year I graduated from law school, there was a New York Times article that said, the heading, uh, worst year in a century to graduate law school. And cool. <laughs> all the hiring freezes, I knew a lot of individuals in the field. I I had done a couple externships. So uh, I was really poor at the time and I needed, I needed to make money. I really had no other option but to hang my own shingle and roll with it. And it was a really tough roll with it for a couple of years. I think, you know, one of my favorite stories is, you know, I'm single mom at this time. I'm going Try, going to work every day, just hustling, trying to take any case that would that would come in, uh, make some money, paying for pre-K, paying for before and after care, paying for rent. Uh, I think I made $19,000 my first year. So as you can probably imagine, that uh, didn't quite cover those expenses that I had. And I'll, you know, I'll never forget really thinking to myself, maybe um, I'm going to get a night job. You know, maybe I'm going to have to do something a little bit crazy to make some extra money. But I was at a gas station one time and I just I thought, you know, I really want a six pack of Blue Moon. And I looked at the price on it. It was like six dollars and forty nine cents. And I had this epiphany that I could not afford a six pack with a professional job. And so I think at that point it was a little bit hard, but uh, really just kind of faith in myself. I've always been pretty confident and belief that things are going to get better. I just kept going with it minus the night job. Didn't do that, but you know, <laughs> kept going with it. And 
year after year, it got a little bit better. And as the economy got a little better, I got a little bit more stable and um, was able to start adding employees. And then, you know, I went from being my own boss to uh, we have about 15 people in the firm now. And I would not necessarily call me their boss. I would call me their coworker and friend because that's the role I'd prefer to play. So it's I've been very blessed. Great people in my life. You're incredible. I love a story of a woman who, you know, really climbs the ropes to get to where she is. Like nothing sounds like it came easy. So when you were like focusing on the the type of law, um, did you grow up in family law background or was that like, because I always wonder, like, how do you decide which avenue to go down? Uh, You know, when I graduated, most other attorneys around you, if they haven't practiced family law, sometimes they'll tend to look down on family law. Uh, But family law is the hardest practice area there is. I, when I first started, I was practicing other areas like criminal, bankruptcy, whatever I could do, a little bit of civil work. Um, But ultimately, I was practicing some family law too. And I got so many referrals in family law. I just couldn't, I couldn't manage the different practice areas. We have a lot of different courts here, a lot of different judges, a lot of different preferences. So it was much easier to, to stick with one thing. And that just seemed to be my thing. So I, this is interesting. I've actually been um, just recently been reviewing some documents relative to a divorce case uh, specific around the the claims around the mortgage and the long story, but um, brought me in as sort of an expert to review and and uh, advise on some of the things that uh, that the soon to be ex husband is saying. And it's you know you you sit there and review four hundred five hundred pages of documents, and it's so sad and painful and hurts my soul to just um see the you know see the negativity and the and the the tongue lashing and the just the mean vibes right it's it's mm-hmm. awful like how do you go home at night and just go uh, you're married now correct uh i have a significant other i'm not married so, but we've been together a long time so how do you go home and be like yes being like it doesn't it just make you at some point go i don't i don't need to be a couple with anybody ever <laughs> like, I just take me, take me out. Cause that I is don't... a, that is a funny question. I haven't been asked that for a long time, but I am a lover at heart and I'm a big believer. And so I don't feel that way. Um, but you know, I think the thing that I like to focus in on my job is what impact can I make on others? So you're talking about experts, right? I really try when I'm working with people going through a divorce, um, to help them surround themselves with if they don't already have this kind of a network of, okay, here's somebody who can help you with financing. Here's somebody who can help you understand and how to budget. You know, here's, here's, here's a good counselor. If you need one, you know, here, here's a good, good, good support group, go meet other women or other men. Um, so it's really fun for me to be able to see people really go from being in the trenches of a nasty divorce and, you know, it can be depressing and and maddening and go from that into kind of a new sort of freedom or a new a new version of themselves. And um, I would say 99% of people want to be better. You know, when you're making a change, most everybody wants to be better. And so it's fun for me to be able to play a role in, yeah, play a role in that. Which I love because our girlfriend is a uh, family law attorney here in the Bay Area. And she's like, 
you know, after 20 years of practicing, she's just like, dude, I see people in the like shittiest of shit mentality. And we're fighting over parking and plants. And one thing she did tell me is that no one ever fights over the timeshare, which I found very funny because she's right. like, never fights about the timeshare. But I do think to be able to have a perspective of like, hey, look, you know what? I love that your mindset is like, we all want to be better. And like, clearly this situation wasn't a good fit or didn't work or is expired. Mm-hmm. And now let's kind of move around and, and get into a different space. Um, I find that that part of the angle is really cool um, and kind of just refreshing because it's not what you hear ever. Um, so do you ever get into situations where you have cases that you're just like, that you don't take because you just don't want to, like, it's just not, does it feel right? Or I always wonder, like, because you can make that decision. You're not like a public defender. Do you ever just yeah, say, oh. no. I, so I am a big believer in intuition and it's, probably my best quality if I'm looking back over the entire course of my business whenever I've followed my gut and listened to kind of my inner voice it's really never led me wrong um but if you don't listen to the voice when it's a negative thing and you still do it then you find yourself in trouble but I I do I spend time with clients before I decide whether or not I'm going to agree to be their attorney you know they decide if they want to retain me And I feel like I've done a really good job of putting good energy out there. So I tend to get people who are similar, you know, good fit for me. And I do spend a lot of time at my initial consultation. So if I feel like something's not a good fit, or for example, I have somebody who wants me to assist them in hiding assets. All I have at the end of the day is my reputation. Yeah, that's a no. So that's a no. And and uh, we always joke at the law office, right? Well, that'll be about a $75,000 retainer. And, you know, God forbid somebody comes up with that, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, and a lot of times I will say no. But um, yeah, I think you get, I, I go with my gut and I, I really feel like I connect with the right people. Occasionally something kind of falls through the cracks. I'm like, where did this come from? You know, this is not a not a really good fit for me. But I'd say 95% of the time it's, it's a good fit. And I, I find people who are like-minded and, and, you know, proactive, want to help themselves, you know, want to still be that F word fair, you know, for the moment. Um, <laughs> I, I, I find nothing more empowering. This sounds strange, but on those rare occasions where you have to fire a client, like to be the, they, clients never think that, we're going to fire them because we're like in my world and Samantha's world, we're service providers. So they think, you know, we're commission based. We're never, you know, they can, we're always going to work with them. And so when you get to that point where you're like, um, I am no longer the asshole you are. So we're going to ways it's to me, it's a very empowering thing. Um, that being said, like when you, when you listen to that voice and go, this is not a good fit. Do you, we never, you know, we never want to be the asshole in conversation, but do you like, okay, do you have other family law attorneys that you don't like that you're like, Hey, let me refer you to this person. <laughs> yeah, like, I can give a list, I suppose, you know, <laughs> um, I think the ones though, that are uh, the people that I have, I have fired for not being a good fit are the ones who are trying to take advantage of me. I'm a really Always. strong, big personality. So it doesn't happen very often. And it often, in my experience anyway, is people who have some sort of substance issue or, mm-hmm. or a serious mental health issue. And um, 
you know, it's, it's taking away from my energy and that's the energy I need, you know, for, for my life, for everybody around me. And so those are the ones that are easiest for me to get rid of because I really think it's so impactful on me. And then I see, you know, it's so easy to have that impact other people just by taking away from what I have to give. And so those are the clients that I'm see you know, you see you a buy. I love it. And I also love that. Like we all, when we started in our careers, I mean, I'm insurance, fleeces, mortgages, and you law, like we all had to take on those types of clients that suck. We took I mean, everything. We took everything that came mm -hmm. our way because uh, we want, Hey, did you buy that six pack of beer by the way? No. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Not that, we, night. Not that night, but don't worry. I've, I've bought plenty of alcohol. <laughs> but I was going to say, we took on everything because we wanted to buy that $6 and 49 cents. So we took on the shittiest of shit. Yeah. Um, it is, it is empowering when you get to a point where you're like, I, this doesn't feel right. And I'm going to say no. And I'm going to be really okay about that for me mm -hmm. personally. But it goes um, into like just your worth and having your worth, you know, right. and being, being able to stand up for yourself, I think is, is very cool as a woman and a, and as a right. woman in a profession that hasn't always been super female focused, um, you know, I, law I think is getting better, but it wasn't always that way. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's. When I, even when I started, I think most of the family law attorneys I was dealing with here in Arizona were were male. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's changed a lot since I since I first started. So I think it's a little different now. I guess I think we have a really unique challenge though when we're in a service oriented business with the whole online reviews. I'm sure you guys have talked about oh, this before. Boy. So how do I be confident, hold my boundaries, respect myself? but also continue to build my business. And, you know, how do we, how do we handle people and make it okay without them flying off the handle and giving a negative review? And sometimes you just can't avoid that. And well, you know, you're dealing with such an emotional um, moment in their life and whether it's a divorce or a child custody piece or a prenup, it's, that is all extremely emotional. So yeah by doing the right thing, sometimes you have to, you have to, you know, draw the line and you have to, you have mm -hmm. to be the tough guy and be like, this is how it needs to be done. And they don't like it. They don't want to hear it, but it's the right thing. And their takeaway is, a, is negative, even though we knew we did the right thing. So, um, yeah, the, the negative, if that results in a negative review, it's painful because you know, you did actually your job exactly the way you were supposed to do it. Right. Right. Well, and you, and in my job, especially like you're saying, we, you know, for example, parenting plans, especially when you have a couple with maybe like a special needs child, uh, those parenting plans are a little more specific. And a lot of times it needs to be very, um, specific to that particular family, that particular child, what are their special needs? And, um, you know, I've been in a few situations where, either the other party or my client is, is just not having it. Um, but it's so hard. It's so hard. And then as a mom too, you're like looking at these mm -hmm. people going like, what the fuck you guys? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, this is their life is so short and we're fighting over such stupid stuff. And like, at the end of the day, the kids are the ones that are really suffering, but back to like the online review thing, I think as a consumer mm -hmm. and a business owner myself, you know, when I do look at an online review and it's a nasty one, I'm like, okay, well, first of all, 
this person's clearly like lashing out. And then what are they bitching about? Are they bitching about price? Because, you know, okay. Are they bitching that they didn't get what they wanted? Well, okay, let's kind of dig in a little deeper because it's it's not often that you get people to go online and just write raving things. Yeah. It's typically, always- typically, if they're leaving a negative review, whether it's my business, anybody else's business, it's the content is going to be totally inaccurate. It's typically, in my opinion, people who are not necessarily stable. They're really upset, don't know how to manage that, don't know how to, to properly deal with it or even talk to me about it. And uh, so the content is so off base that I can't imagine that other people really think I still trust money because I would no longer be an attorney, you know, silly things. I know. It's just, it's like, it's, there's no win. And then the other one that I love is the like employer, employer reviews when they go online and they write, you know, somebody that didn't, you know, wasn't a good fit. I had somebody that I interviewed that we didn't hire because obviously she was crazy. And she went online and wrote like a novel about what a horrible person I was. And I was like, dude, you spent three seconds with me. And like, you weren't a good fit. And how dare you? I mean, it's just like, but this is the time we live in. So you got to Take mm-hmm. it with a grain of salt. And if they're talking about you, you know what? That's 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 all we can ask for, right? That's right. My favorite is when it's an opposing party leaving me a review, oh. a negative review. And I can't, ethically, I can't it's disclose like- that it's not even my client. But oh. hey, I always feel really good if they think I'm doing such a great job. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked to a lot of um women, small business owners, large business owners, people who started, built their own firm, own practice. And one of the things that I think women struggle with the most is charging what they're worth and increasing their prices when it is appropriate. So you as an attorney, how do you, how do you set your fees for what you know you are worth? So funny, and you're probably not going to be surprised when I say this, but Uh, When I do firm-wide increases, right, increasing hourly rates of all my other attorneys, all my other staff, I feel 100% comfortable with it. Of course. Because they're my people. um, And I feel good about, about, I mean, they're reasonable increases to begin with, right? But I feel good about it because then I know I can support my family. And I'm talking about mostly my, not only my family, but my work family, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's a team. And so I feel really good about being able to do that because it's benefiting all of us and it's helping me get them, you know, better education, train more, you know, provide for needs so that we can, as a firm, just continue to grow and be better. And for me, I, I would say, I agree. Like when I first started, I was a little, you know, heavy handed on discounts, but um, I think something that uh, somebody told me quite a long time ago, they said, uh, would you want an attorney that can't even stand firm on their own bill and they allow you to negotiate it? It's, it's true, you know? So no, it's super true. And you think about too, like you don't go to the dentist and negotiate your root canal. Like, nope. you, and, and it always astonishes me when they'll come to like, you know, insurance of trying to negotiate. And I'm like, this is my fee. This is what I charge. It's my fee. Um, and same with law. Like I would never, I would never think, to negotiate if I, with an attorney, if I can't pay it or I don't want to pay it, then I would not go with them. I'd go with someone else. It's too expensive. Or would you just show up at my office unannounced and demand to talk to me? (laughs) You know, I'm like, I don't do that to my doctor. I mean, could you imagine showing up at your gynecologist bitching about your, your exam (laughs) fee? Yeah. So 
Um, but I think the longer you do it, the better you get at it because it just, you just deal with it so often and um, you just don't want that for your life anymore. Yeah. Life's too short and you get to pick and being, being in the place you're at, you get to kind of pick and choose how you're going to spend your energy. And especially when it comes, right. like, we're not going to sit and haggle about price. Like this is what it is. If we're going to work together, great. And if we're not, that's okay too. Right. And especially the busier you get, you just don't have time for it. And I, I want to make sure that I'm using my energy in good ways and to help people uh, hopefully, you know, be positive and supportive for them as well as my staff. You know, a lot of my energy goes to to trying to be there for staff, help them grow, let them know I got their back, be there for them, deal with, you know, there's occasions where I have to deal with another attorney's problem client. So, um, it's, you it's know. A lot. So our, here's a good question that I don't know the answer to. In the attorney space, are you guys like buds amongst each other, like in town? Like everybody obviously knows each other. I'm sure some don't get along, but yeah. for the most part, is everybody pretty cool with each other? Yeah, I think so. It's pretty small. So you tend to know almost everybody. Uh, but I have just a short story I'll tell you on that. <clears throat> One of the attorneys that merged into our firm just this year, uh, we had had a case together and she said, to me one day, she said, well, I'm getting older. How about I merge into your firm at some point? And this is, you know, just us working on cases together. And I said, sure, that sounds great because her energy, her, the way she treats people is, is similar to me. And it's, you know, how I want attorneys here to treat people. And so, you know, I think four years later, we just merged her into the firm in the beginning of this year. Awesome. See, when we band arms, man, we are so powerful. There's as enough as work to go around. Always enough work to go around. And I think that's what a lot of people, like, you know, when you get competitive in the workplace, it's like there's so many seats at the table for us together and we can do so much more. And, you know, mm -hmm. sure, a little healthy competition. That's good. But, you know, being able to say, hey, yeah, come on over. Let's let's grow this. Let's do this. I think that's super. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, always some you like better than others, but mm -hmm. I think for the most part, and, you know, I started um, when I see people posting online, asking for an attorney, if I end up posting my own name, you know, if there are some women I know above, Hey, all great recommendations. We practice as well, you know, because there are some really good attorneys and uh, I think supporting each other is better than not. We're also a grown ass woman. I can tell just by, you know, 20 minutes in, like you get it. Like, and that's what, that's what women do. Like we lift each other and that's, that's how we're successful is because we kind of have those underlying principles, which, you know, those gals that are struggling, maybe they should adopt a little bit more. Hmm? Right. Right. I okay, agree. Question. Uh, the pandemic, everybody was stuck in their houses. We all had to be with people that maybe we didn't spend a lot of time with, even though we were married to them. Did that increase your business or decrease your business as a result of the pandemic? Um, so I feel like a lot of people have moved to Arizona, like, for example, from California, right? So I don't know if it's a population thing, but definitely post-COVID, we've gotten busier. Um, you know, I think the hardest part was, I think that was one point in my career that I was a little sad in lots of domestic violence in homes. Uh with people that you'd never imagine and child abuse. And that, I think that part was, that was pretty difficult to deal with because though I've seen a lot of ugly things, I saw 
some even uglier things during that part. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. Like we have a yeah. girlfriend um, that's a sheriff's officer and, mm -hmm. and like the, as a mom, she's like, the more my kids grow and the more, and the more stuff I see like that as a mom, it just like the domestic abuse and the yeah. child abuse is just, it's, I, I couldn't handle it. I literally would just be beside myself. Um, you know, when you get those hard cases and stuff, like how do you mentally deal with it? Cause it's, it's a lot. I don't, I mean, I really don't know. I just think I look at as, you know, I'm typically not on the side of the abuser, right? Sometimes there are cases where somebody has a one-time incident and, you know, so I'm working with them too, but I look at it as more like a marathon, right? You know, and my ultimate goal, even though it's not necessarily my job is to, I'm hoping that we can do what's best for these kids. And if I can give my client guidance based on my knowledge and experience, that somehow results in in something that's going to be better for their kids. I, I feel good about it. Um, it is sad. I mean, you don't ever want to read that, but the reality is, is it happens all the time, and you know, you can't turn a blind eye to it. And so, to me, it's just kind of like a way to approach it head on in an indirect manner, I guess, and be more of an advocate, which I love. So right. Lisa right. and I have interviewed uh, a lot of different storylines. And one that her and I chat about is women and finances and women and financial independence. And how many times do you see cases come across your desk where, you know, there's a divorce and wife knows absolutely nothing about nothing when it comes to the finances? Like, do, are you like, what's the percentage? Um. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of tough to say because I have such, it, it varies from time to time, but I would say, you know, it's, and it's it, men and women, you know, I, it always shocks me when people come in and they have no idea. And it, it, it typically it is with, it's like they go, I don't know, as long as I can go to the ATM and take out $400, right. I'm good. But, and that's what I was, I don't know. What's the username and password for the online account? I don't know. Right. I do not know. I know. And that's what I was just going to say. It tends to be with individuals who are married to or in a relationship with a much higher wage earner. I think there's this mentality of, well, I'm sort of getting taken care of, so I don't want to rock the boat, you know, but I think the point you're missing is knowledge is power and it's also a protection, yeah. you know, it's power and protection. And, and I feel like, I'm a big believer of being equally weighted in relationships and having equal power and equal knowledge. And so um, I've had this discussion many times with many, 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 many people about how to keep yourself informed. You know, what are some things you can do in advance of a potential divorce, you know, uh, because I think some people don't even know what they don't know. It's you know, oh, I didn't know I could get on the counter recorder's website and see my deed. I didn't know. You know, I didn't know what I was signing. I just I didn't know my husband had a second mortgage on the house. Oh, you didn't? Oh. Right. I didn't know he was, you know, spending gobs of money at strip clubs. Yeah. You you it's never know. And I've seen insane. some I've seen some crazy ones before. So, um, but I'm I, you know, I'm a big advocate of of trying to stay in the know. Um Well, I think women, I don't know what it is about us gals that feel that, you know, they, they don't, they don't have the permission to ask or they shouldn't ask, or it's, you know, it's fine. It's, you know, what's not broken. Let's not try to fix it kind of thing. But being in the know of simple bank accounts, statements, where your titles are in your house. I mean, these are just basic grown up activities. 
Right. And I think a lot of it is fear-based, at least from what I see, mm-hmm. is people coming in to talk to me that are afraid that if they rock the boat or they say too much that the person's going to leave them. And I obviously respond with, if they're going to leave you for asking to see a bank statement, you got a problem. Anyway, we should probably start packing your bags. <laughs> Seriously. So yeah, I mean, and, and some people bless their hearts, you know, not only are they not in the know, but they're very naive to what the other person's doing. And those are the cases I, I feel, I feel badly because you can on the other side of things, pre-plan a divorce you can find ways to diminish assets you know convince somebody to at least in arizona sign over on a disclaimer deed on a house which limits their interest in real property here so there's a lot that individuals can do and especially those with some mental health issues and and maybe some control you know they're more controlling i i see a lot of that that you know and by the time they get to me it's been four or five years since this person's, you know, bounced a bunch of money to their family and, you know, wherever, or they've gotten these people, you know, these individuals to sign deeds or, and, you know, at some point, all these behaviors and decisions during a marriage are, they're all presumed community decisions, even if you don't know. So even if you're not making, which is the most exciting part of all, so Amber, tell us where our listeners can find you. I know you've got some presence online. What is your website? Yeah, it's guymanlaw.com. And uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. We try to stay funny on our Facebook and Instagram. So if you see our posts, you're not going to be bored by any means. So, you know, because I just, our goal at our office is to to help everyone feel welcomed and supported and make it a little lighter for them because we deal with the heavy all day, every day. And so you'll see, I've got a lot of funny, silly posts. So <laughs> perfect. Thank you for bringing the levity. I know yeah. not so funny subject, but we all need it. We yeah, all do absolutely. need it. And I think that uh, to hear a story of a woman who was, you know, starting off, you know, learned a whole bunch and now she can definitely buy that six pack and then some, Thanks yeah. for sharing you. Thanks for, you know, enlightening us with a little bit of the world of law. We are definitely inspired and we hope that everybody else gets out there and is inspired.